Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Father, we honor your presence tonight. We thank you for your grace. We pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto all of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling. Lord, we borrow another prayer from the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. I pray that my speech and preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit of power, that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. We honor you, Holy Spirit. You are the King of glory, Jesus. And everybody say, Amen. Before you take your seat, could you give somebody a fist bump or something? Tell them, hey, it's good to be with you this afternoon. It's good to be with you. Yes, yes, yes. Praise the Lord. Really excited about what God is doing, uh, particularly in this month. Uh, next Sunday, I want to encourage you. Uh, one of our board of trustees, a young pastor, uh, Pastor Rob Hilton of Calvary Church in Tennessee. Uh, he's a crowd favorite. You are not going to want to miss him. You can Google his church. It's a pretty amazing church. And uh, he'll be with us on next Sunday, so I'm really excited about having him. Amen. Also, um, we've been focusing all month. This is the final sermon of this series on rest. And um, we really believe in God's desire that we would keep Sabbath rest and practice the, the, the discipline of rest. And so to support you... With regards to the discipline of rest, we as a church have ordered for each one of you a book on rest. Uh, and so next Sunday, we will give you a book on rest. It's called Rest Ashore. I think it's on the screen there. If it's not, it should be soon. Uh, the author actually has been attending our church this month because he was curious as to what we would share. And, uh, by God's grace, he'll be with us next Sunday to sign your copies and all that good stuff. Uh, so, uh, again, and, and you don't look too happy, so let me use the four-letter words that will excite you. Free. Hey. So, there's no excuse. Because I really feel like um, in this season, as an individual, this may be the most important uh, sermon and and discipline that you and I need to advocate, not advocate, but uh, practice and make a part of our walk with God, and that is Sabbath rest. We're living in a season of when we came out of the, at least the high points of the pandemic. We know that COVID is still around, uh, but one of, the, one of the products of the pandemic is a high level of anxiety and worry and people having uh, trouble sleeping. And, and so uh, we really believe that when, when we return back to this discipline of rest, we're, we're gonna see the, the stress level 
go down because when we rest, God will do the rest. Amen. And I'm really excited. I got a text message from Switzerland. Can you say Switzerland? Switzerland. And, and the person said they've been listening to this series on rest, and they quoted me. They said, when you said, if I will rest, God will do the rest, I stopped looking for a job, and the job came to me. So they're starting next week in October. Job they weren't even looking for. And so I'm telling you, uh, you, you turn to your neighbor and say, you're working too hard. And, uh, you, you're not convinced of that. You're not convinced of that. Tell somebody else, you're working too hard. And, t and, and tell that person, I know it. 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 So I want to talk a little bit about the recreational part of rest. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19. Hebrews 4, verses 6 to 12. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter into God's rest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6. So God's rest is there for his people that be you, to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. And so this people that the writer of Hebrews is talking about is the people who Moses led out of Egypt. He was supposed to lead them out to lead them in, but unfortunately when he led them out, they died before they could enter in. Why? Because they disobeyed God. Verse 7, God, so God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. Let's say that with me. That time is today. Now you say, why do you keep having to say? Because the Bible says, and uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's Proverbs 11, verse 14, around it. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we speak things from the word that is into existence. God announced this other day through David much later in words that David already quoted in Psalm 95. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, that is when he led them into the promised land, God would not have spoken about another day of rest that's still to come. Verse 9, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Can you say, that's me? For all who have entered into God's rest has ceased from doing their own works and their own labors, just as God did when he was creating the world. So let us do our best let us labor, let us work hard to enter into that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did when Moses led them out of Egypt and tried to lead them into the promised land, we will fall. For the word of God is alive and it's powerful. We will get in by the word. Now, we started this series in uh, the... Labor Day weekend with the sermon titled No More Labor Days. 
And we talked about how Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, he says, come unto me, all you who are uh, uh, burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So that word, give you rest, is a verb. It's a gift that God gives. And he says, and he says take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and you will find rest. So the first rest is a verb. The second rest is a place of rest. Noun, a noun, first person, place, a thing. You will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy, not egg yoke. The, no, the thing that goes around your neck. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we said that when we talked about this word rest, it is the uh, Greek word, because the New Testament was written in Greek and also Aramaic, but in this case, it is the word anaposis, anaposis, and in the middle of that word anaposis, you see the word pause. And so we use as an acronym for uh, Sabbath rest, or rest as an acronym, which is this word anaposis, it means uh, care, I mean cease, it means um, uh, arrest, it means recreate or recreation, and it means exhale. So we talked about rest is self-care. It's self-care. You may say, what do you mean? Shouldn't it be God's care? No, it's self-care. Why is it self-care? Because God is expecting us to rest. He's not going to make us rest. Mm. God, God is not going to make you not do an all-nighter. It's quiet in this Pentecostal church already. God doesn't want to... Now, God sometimes may use natural things to, to get us to rest, like a loss of a job, or maybe uh, an illness that causes us to have to spend time uh, away from school or work. But God's preference is that we would volunteer to care for ourselves and rest. Are you following me so far? This word rest... In the Hebrew, it is, it is the word, uh, we use Sabbath or Shabbat for those who are uh, Jewish. And that word Shabbat simply means cease. It literally means cease. It means stop. And then uh, this, this word rest also means arrest. 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 And as I uh, showed you a few weeks ago, uh, last week, these are handcuffs. When you are arrested, you are handcuffed. Why? Because the uh, authorities that handcuffs you, they want you to stop doing things with your hands. Stop doing work. Stop doing your own work. The word arrest, it comes from two Latin words, uh, AD, which, ad, which means to, and restare, from which we get our English word uh, restaurant and it means to stop. So when you are arrested, they want you to simply stop doing whatever you were doing prior to the arrest. Mm. So what's so, what is, why is that important? There's a book that if you have a chance to read it, uh, I'm going over it with my younger leaders, and it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It was written by uh, a man by the name of Peter Scazzaro, and he says something that, that's really scary, really frightening, and he says, most people, and, and, it's, and it's sad that even it happens to Christians, most people identify themselves either by what they have or what they do. What they have 
uh, what they do. For, for example, many of us, will, we, we, have, we uh, identify ourselves based on what we have, what kind of clothes you have, what kind of, um, do you have the next style of sneakers or do you, have, um, do you have a car? What kind of car do you drive? Some of us identify ourselves uh, on what we have as far as a person. Do you have a wife? Do you have a husband? Uh, what do you have? Where did you graduate from school? What school? What kind of degree do you have? And many times, we identify ourselves based on that. And we put our value based on that. And that is a wrong place to put your value because that's why some people, when they lose what they have, which is a job, then they fall apart because their identity was in what they have. Or their identity is in what they do. And so you meet somebody, you say, well, what do you do? Oh, I am a doctor, or I am a lawyer, I am a computer programmer, I am a CEO. And when we hear those terms, it's like, oh, you are somebody. You are worth meeting based on what you do. But if all you are, and I say that sarcastically, is a cook or a waitress or a garbage collector, then basically our attitude is, what you do makes you not worth as much. And so the sad thing is that God is tired of us being what he has not created us to be, meaning that too many of us identify ourselves as human doings. When God has created us to be human beings, that is, beings with God. Being with God, Father. So that moves us to the next letter in the acronym, that is recreation. Rest is recreation. When you see the prefix R-E-M-B uh, prior to a word, it means to go back. So you know, if you're like me and you kept track of a lot of the football games that were on yesterday, and there'll be some on today. And if you miss the play, you want the replay, meaning that you want them to play back what you lost. But in this case, we're not talking about replay or review or restore. We are talking about recreation. So Sabbath is going back, re, to creation. Going back to creation, so what does that mean? It means that when we go back to creation, the Bible says when God created man, God didn't just create him and say, hey, knock yourself out wherever you land, uh, you know, I'll be there. No, the Bible says that God created man and then he put man in a place called Eden. Are you following me? Eden. 
He put man in a place called Eden. Eden in Hebrew means delight or pleasure. So God put Adam in a place of delight and pleasure, and that's why Adam thrived in what God created him, or Eve thrived in what God created her to do. So, what do you, so what's the big deal, Bishop? God still wants us to be in that place of delight. Because he looks at this man named David, and, and he says, I, I'm looking for a man, 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, who was after my heart. David is a man who is pursuing my heart. David is a man who wants, who, who's determined to feel about life the way I feel about life. And then he goes on to say, David now says to God, you, in Psalm 16, verse 11, you have shown me the path of life. You have shown me the way to live. You have shown me how to get back to Eden in your presence. If I live in your presence, presence there is fullness of what? Joy. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says, the joy of, my, of the Lord is my strength. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are what? Pleasures. There are Edens. If you live, if I live in your presence, I will go back to creation. I will go back to my creator. I will go back to God where life is full of pleasure. And all pleasures simply means just sure to please are sure to satisfy. And many people are looking for satisfaction, whether it's in drugs, whether it's in sex, whether it's in, 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 in alcohol or partying or getting more degrees or getting more money or getting more cars or going on more vacations. But the only one who satisfies is God. Why? Because he created you. He says, let's live in my presence. Well, how do you live in his presence? By just worshiping him and blessing him. And I'm not talking about you have to walk around, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're on the tee, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're on the train, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're on your job, lifting your hand above your cubicle, hallelujah, hallelujah. No, no. There's just, there's a posture that is always looking to him. There's a book uh, called Practice in the Presence of God, written by a, uh, a, 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 uh, a person who worked in a monastery. He worked in the kitchen. And it was written in the uh, 16th, 17th century, 1600s, by a name, man by the name of Brother Lawrence. And I love what he said. He said, he said, I'm as comfortable worshiping God in the kitchen while I'm cleaning the floors as if I, just as much as if I was in the house of God worshiping. That there's no difference. And God wants you to walk in his presence so much that there's no difference between you worshiping him in your car or in your room and worshiping him in here. Because the Bible says that, that in everything that we're supposed to give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. First, that's only chapter 5, verse uh, 16 to 18. We, we, can, we can live in his presence. 
You don't need the band to worship God. And if you need the band to worship God, you have a sorry walk with the Lord. And I say sorry to make you mad enough to say, I want a, I want a worship life that does not depend upon music or instruments, that there's always a melody going on in my heart to the Lord. Ah. When I was dating my wife, you know, you all have, you know, you may have your favorite jam, your favorite, well, I don't know if you use jam anymore, your favorite song. And you're like, ooh, this is my song. It gets you on the mood. See, when you're, when you're really in love, you don't need a song for the mood. You're always in the mood. Anyways. Hallelujah, anyhow. Now, the thing is, is that once you are in Eden, where God places you, the Bible says that Adam and Eve, that God would, would visit them in, in Genesis chapter 2, uh, no, Genesis chapter 3, God would visit Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. That word cool is the word uh, ruach, in the cool of the day. And, and, and the, that speaks of the Holy Spirit, that, that God would exhale. God's exhale is the, his breath of life. It is his Holy Spirit. It is the wind of the Spirit. And, and Adam would be in God's presence. And God, the wind would blow. And that would be God's exhale. God's exhale became Adam's inhale. I want to feel the wind of God blowing in my life. Every week I pray to God, God, Send your wind into Pentecostal Tabernacle. Why? I want your wind to blow stuff out. This is the fall. They have those wind blow. Get rid of them. Blow stuff out of here and blow his life into here. So that we're not just, the beautiful thing about being in the presence of God is that we're not amongst ourselves just singing happy songs. We're singing songs in the presence of him. And, and, he, and the Bible says uh, in, in Leviticus chapter 1, three times, our praise, our sacrifice is an incense unto God. Right now, when you sing King of Glory, let me tell you something. Uh, when we sing these songs that repeat and repeat and repeat, and you're like, why we keep repeating and repeating these songs? You need to understand, if, if that's your attitude, if that's your attitude, then you don't understand worship. Worship is not for you, it's for him. Come here for a minute. No, 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 no. Jessica, can you come here for a minute? So the worship leader, Jessica, she is my daughter, okay? And uh, so she is my child, she's my daughter. That's okay, you don't have to come on the stage, okay? Uh, but I don't think, Jessica, I love you. I love you, Jessica. Do you love me? Okay. Oh, what do you? Oh, she said, "I love you so much." Now, any parents here? How many of you, if your child kept saying, "I love you," you said, "Okay, that's enough." I want more. I want more. Thank you. I want more. See, the praise is not for me. The praise is for him. And so he, 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 he loves, 
We give you all the glory. We worship you, our God. You are worthy to be praised. I can see God in heaven saying, ah, oh, shucks, cut it out. <laughs> Could it be he's saying, tell me again. We give you all the glory. We worship you, our God. You are worthy to be praised. All right, all right, that's enough, that's enough. I don't want to hear anymore. And then, how many of you have, like, little nieces or nephews or godchildren? Anybody? And, and, and how many of you, you know, when they go like this, you go, put your hands down. <laughs> no, <laughs> no you, even if you're in a bad mood, when a child goes like this, you're like, oh, God, <laughs> come on. <laughs> we give you all. Yeah, three of you got it. The glory we worship you our Lord you are worthy to oh come let us adore wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, could you imagine, do you think God's saying, that's a Christmas song, you're singing it too early. You think he loves to hear that? Because now you're not adoring him. You're telling everybody around you, hey, hey, join me. Oh, come. Oh, come. Let us adore. Come with me. Oh, come. Let us. If you're online, adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Cry the Lord. And if you're wondering, for he Sound beautiful. Lord is worthy for he alone is worthy. Cry the Lord. One more thing. Let's give him all the glory. Let's give him all the glory. Let's give him all the glory. Christ the Christ the 
time cry the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. 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 You know what the beautiful thing about that is? We didn't need any music. We didn't need any music. We didn't, we didn't need any praise singers. We were the praise singers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he will show up when we praise him, when we bless him. We inhale his presence and we feel the joy of the Lord. The book of Hebrews, when you read it, it's theologians uh, consider the book of Hebrews the fifth gospel. The fifth gospel, what do you mean? Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John all deal with Jesus' life on planet Earth. Hebrews explains to us his life in heaven. He's to be worshipped. That's why the writer starts out saying he's greater than the angels. Amen. And, and, and it tells that in, in Hebrews chapter 4 at the end, it says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace where we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why? Because he is, he is our high priest. He is, he is in the presence of God interceding for us. And, and so we, we find that in this book of Hebrews, the writer is telling about this rest that God has and he, and he explains, first of all, that Moses tried to bring the people into God's rest, but of course he could not because they fought him, they complained against him. I want to let you tell you, tell you something that complaining, complaining, God does not like complaining. Complaining is a sin. Complaining is a sin. Why? Because it is telling God that he's not big enough to handle what? You're going through. Now, when I mean complaining, I'm not saying that we can't cry out to the Lord. I'm not saying that they're not time. When, when I mean complaining, let me get, I'm talking about always complaining. We call it murmuring. Bitterness. Every time, every, you know, people come to you, they're like, I don't even want to, no, I'm having a bad enough day as it is. I don't need you to, to add to that. We, the Bible says in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall what? Continually be in my mouth. And if his praise is continually in my mouth, then I won't have in my mouth complaining. Praise the Lord. So, and so uh, there, there is a rest. And he was saying to these Jewish people who were, who were ready to turn back because of what they were going through. They were going through uh, 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 persecution and during the Roman Empire, and they, and they were ready to leave the, this newfound uh, a religion in, called Christianity, and they were going to go back to Judaism and, and not recognizing Jesus as the Messiah. And so the writer of Hebrews, some pe 
people say it was Paul, but we're not sure who it was. But that's why this writer in Hebrews in chapter 10 says, let us hold firmly to the profession of our faith without wavering, because God is faithful who promised. God will keep his promise. Don't turn back. And, and so he, he's, he's encouraging them that there is another rest. And this rest is not what jo Joshua did. There's a rest that Jesus has for us. And he or she who has entered into God's rest has ceased from his own word. So I want to talk briefly, and then we'll close, about the fact that, what, what, so what is Sabbath? What is Sabbath rest? Let me read this for you. Sabbath rest is not simply to cease from working only but to rest in God. Again, Sabbath rest is not to cease from work only, but it's to rest in God and celebrate reminding ourselves of God's goodness, reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness, reminding ourselves of God's provision, reminding ourselves of God's love. That's what Sabbath rest is. Shabbat is primarily a day of rest and spiritual enrichment. The word Shabbat means to cease, it means to end, it means to rest. In ancient times, leisure was only for the wealthy and ruling class. Leisure was never for the laboring class or slaves. This whole concept of rest that God brought into the Jewish religion and, and wants us as believers is something that the, that the world, the ancient world, would never even dream of allowing a slave are allowing a laborer to take a day off. We're so used to laws now where we get Sunday, uh, Saturday off and Sunday off, and you know, some of us get one day off. Back in, in, in fact, not even 200 years ago, there were no days off. And God in his grace gives us a day to rest from our labors. The very idea back in those days, the very idea of rest every week was unimaginable to the, to the Greek. The Greeks thought that Jews were lazy because they insisted on having a holiday or a holy day once a week. So how do we practice Sabbath? And I'm almost finished here. How do we practice Sabbath? Sabbath is to remind ourselves that we are first and foremost beloved children and not child, children of God. Not child, children, children being plural. What do you mean? When Jesus taught us to pray, he, he, he said to his disciples, okay, let me teach you, uh, when you pray, pray in this manner. He didn't say, pray my Father. It's what? Our Father, meaning that God has other children. And that's the beauty of, of, of Sabbath. Sabbath is not just to spend by myself. It is to spend with God's children, because we have the same father. Growing up in church, uh, uh, we used to call each other, you know, brother such and such, sister such and such. No, sister Anita, sister Peggy, sister Carmen, brother Cameron. We, we say these words to remind ourselves that we have the same father and we all have the same blood type. And so it's a weird thing. You can, if I say, okay, um, Brother Cameron, could you stand, Brother Cameron? Everybody said, okay, yeah, I get it. And I say, Brother Albert, <laughs> tell the brother what you say. Now, you'd be all like, well, well, well wait a minute. There's, there's something wrong with this picture. 
but he is just as much my brother as my natural brother in the camera because we both have the same father. And the same blood that saved me and my natural brother and my spiritual brother. And, and that's very important because the church needs to be that kind of family, that kind of community. That's why small groups is very important. That's why we work hard to make sure that if you're new in the area, that, that you feel welcome, that you feel part of the family. We have those signs coming up the stairway, welcome home. We don't want it to be a slogan, we want it to be a reality. I am a fake extrovert. What that means is people drain me. I'm gonna just be honest with you, okay? So, so my point is, is that, so my natural inclination is, after I preach, to have somebody wuss me off the stage and see you next Sunday. But my attitude is, if, if God wants his house to be a home, then I will, hey, how you doing? God bless you. Good to have you here. You could have been anywhere else, but you joined us. Thank you for coming. And, and, and even though I say I'm a fake extrovert, extrovert I, I'm not saying that. I, I love people. I love staying at home. I love, love seeing people welcome because it's a tough world out there in Boston. As my niece once said, it's tough in those streets. We want you to feel welcome. We want you to feel community. That's why when you join the worship team, that's a small group. They love each other. They pray for each other. They're there for each other. The media team, many times you'll find a welcome team uh, uh, praying in the back for each other after service. And then we have these small groups. Please connect. Morning prayer online. We have people who are so connected with our church that we have one person who lives in in uh, Spain, another person who lives in London, and they're connected to the church through, uh, through uh, online. Why? Because we really believe that when you find your community, when you find your people, you'll feel at home. And when you feel at home, you'll drop your guard and allow people to see the broken places of your life. And the Bible says, once you can, once you can confess your faults, we can pray for you. You have no idea how many pastors are hurting and they're looking for places and spaces just so that they can be themselves. Let me end with this. True Sabbath and Shabbat must be mostly enjoyed in community. It is a way that communities come together to relax and enjoy each other's company. For example, a father would use it this day to bless his children or to pray over his children. One should use this precious time to spend with God in his word, like you're doing now, with friends and family in prayer and worship. And again, we are using this gift to celebrate God's goodness, his faithfulness, his love, and his provision. It is not a mental health day. It's a day that I spend with family and with God. And I take this devilish device and I unplug to be in a place of being present. 
There's nothing worse than being out with a person and they're doing this. Hey, how you? And everything. Okay, yeah, and how's your day? Be present. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you right now. Put away that phone. Even right now, some of you, you're not even present. You're not present. You're like, yeah, preach, preach. <laughs> some of you, why are you doing your devotions with the Lord? Reading the scripture. Oh. Oh. God sees that, and, he, and, and then you wonder why you don't feel his presence, because he's left the conversation. If I'm not more important to you than this, then you can have this. And how's that working for you? I want to encourage you. Spend time with the Lord. Let's all stand. One of the definitions of rest is also refresh. And the Lord just, this just exploded in my mind because I am, I'll call myself a computer babe to illiterate. But I do know one thing. I do know how to refresh my screen. And what the Lord was saying to me is that we need to Shabbat, we need to spend time with God because our screens, our view of life has been tainted and has been stained with all that has gone on. And, and God is saying, you're looking at your problems as if you'll never get out of them. But if you be in my presence, it will refresh your screen to see my goodness, to see my provision, to see how I watched over you. So I'm going to ask you to do me one favor, just for one minute. One minute. I'm going to ask you to pray for the person next to you. Now, if you don't know them, introduce yourself and just and just. And he said, well, I don't, I don't know how to pray. I'll, I'll tell you how to pray, just in case you know how to pray. Just pray that God will help them to establish a, a Sabbath. It may be three hours. Some of you may be able to do a whole day. Let God will speak to you. And let me end with this, and then we'll have you pray, and then we'll close out. When I was a sophomore in, in college, actually it was my my first semester as a sophomore, it was my best semester ever. I was, I made dean's lists, I was, I was, it was an incredible, incredible semester. And it was an incredible semester grade-wise because I skipped going to church to do my homework. But it was, it was, it was, my best semester, and I was getting lulled into skipping time with God, with his family, to get good grades. And you would say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, let me tell you what God told me. God told me this. Brian, 
you can get all the good grades you want, but without me, you won't get a job. How you like that? I started getting back to church. And this is the point I want to make. That when I, when, when, as long as I've been in God's, and now this is not everybody's story, this is mine. Point to him and say, this is his story. I had my first job at 16. I'm now 64 years old. I have never, can you say never? I have never in my entire life, never in my entire life, never in my entire life ever had to look for a job. Ever. Now that was my story. And I really believe it's because when I was in God's presence, because I've, I've been a believer since the age of 10, and I, I just always had the sense that God would take care of me. And so every job I've had has come to me. I'm not saying that's your story, but I am saying stop worrying about your future and give it to God. Stop working, meaning doing your work. So if I have to network, oh, I have to get to know this person. No, you spend time with him and he will network you into the place he has for you. So just for one minute, if you could just right now pray for the person next to you and say, God, Help them to rest. Help them to Sabbath. Come on, just help them to rest. Help them to rest. Help them not to skip up on, on rest. Skip out on church. Skip out on being with family. For some people right now, this may be the only time somebody prays for them personally. Sadly, we can come to church, God's house, and not even have somebody pray for us. Let's say if you don't know each other, introduce yourselves. Maybe you have a new friend. If you're online, your community out there, you can, you can type out in the chat a prayer for the person, other people who are on the chat. But let's be a, let's be a community. Let's be a family in the presence of God who says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 I know the plans I have for you plans to give you a good a hope and a future thank you Jesus 30 more seconds oh this is beautiful just looking around seeing people pray and God is going to answer the prayer we don't pray because it's a nice thing to do. We really believe and have seen God answer prayer. The objective of prayers is answers. It is the only way God can prove that he is real is to answer prayer. Once he answers prayer, luck will not get the credit for what God does. Thank you, Holy Spirit. One thing I like about this church, by the grace of God, most, a lot of churches just have, let's say, millennials and Gen Zs. But we are blessed to have a church that has six generations. 
Wow. We have the silent generation. That's what they call it. I don't know why, but we have baby boomers. We have Gen Xers. I don't know why they have that name either. We have millennials, Gen Zs, and alphas. Six generations. I, I all, it's, it's wonderful when, and, and the beauty of it is that this is not a club where the baby boomers hang out with themselves and the millennials hang out with themselves. No, it is a time where you can have, if you don't have any grandpas and grandpas, guess what? They're in the family of God. Amen. You don't have to be an only child and you don't have to be an orphan. What do you mean an orphan? I mean that feeling that you don't belong anywhere. You're home. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, as we close, if you never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, Jesus Christ wants to invite you into his family. We're not asking you to join a church. That's not what this is about. We're asking you to give your life to Jesus. And he's reaching out to you saying, come into my rest. Come into my rest so I can do the rest. Let, let's, Jesus is saying to you, let's do life together. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, or if you once did, but you, you, you turned your back, you've gone your own way, and Jesus, you felt Jesus saying, come back home. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And you're saying, Bishop Brian, could you just include me in this final prayer? I want to give my life to Jesus. We're not going to say, I don't know what your religious experience is. We're not going to have you walk up to the altar or do anything other than to slip up your hand so I know who I'm praying for. If you want to see Christ, can you see that hand? Any other hand? Lift your hand high. So God bless you. See that hand. Any other hand? Lift your hand high. I want to make sure that we include you in this final prayer. Praise God. Amen. I see that other hand. God bless you. God bless you. Okay. I, oh, God bless you. See that hand over there. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. See, this is easy. This is easy. Just lift up your hand. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Now, I want you to keep your hand up or heads above. And everybody's going to pray this prayer because we're family. So we're going to pray with you. But this is your prayer to the Lord so that you don't have to feel conscious because self-conscious because everybody's saying this prayer. But this is your prayer to Jesus asking him to come into your life. Everybody ready? Especially those of you who lift up your hands, keep your hands up. Repeat after me. Dear Lord, I come to you this afternoon. And the Bible says, Whoever calls on your name shall be saved. So Jesus, I'm calling on you. Come into my life. Take away my sins. And make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for hearing my prayer. Right now, I know I'm a child of God. Can you praise God? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, some of you may have said, well, why isn't the prayer more complicated than that? The, the thief was dying on the cross, and he didn't have time for a long prayer because he was dying. And he said, Lord, remember me. And we're going to see him. It, it's not about the words you say. It's about your heart. So, Father, we thank you for those individuals who raised their hand. And, you know, for those of you who raised your hand, if you want more information, see somebody from the welcome team who has a welcome shirt. And 
They'll give you more information. They'll point you in the right direction. And so, Father, keep them. Watch over them. In Jesus' name, amen. Could, if you're new here, could you put out your hand, everybody? We, we close with a closing blessing, not a closing prayer. And please join us downstairs for a reception where you can get to meet me and others, elder, elder, other elders and people on the praise team. Uh, you can meet us personally, and we can just uh, be family together. So put your hands out. I want to bless you. It's based on numbers in the Bible, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face shine, grin, beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. Even if you're online, put your hands out for the blessing. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, and his success. And may the Lord give you this, remove this week anything that causes agitation or discord is divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. Have an amazing week. See you downstairs. God bless you. Hey family, thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.